The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and today we are going to be going through season one, episode 14 called Half a Love Story. The original air date of this one was January the 15th, 1988. It was written by Jeff Franklin and Russell Marcus, directed by Howard Storm, whom we've seen before. And I also found something quite interesting about Mr. Howard Storm. He actually directed a movie in 1985 called Once Bitten. And you can look this up. I, I did all my research concerning this. And it was actually Jim Carrey's first major film role that Howard Storm gave to Jim Carrey. So Howard Storm, congratulations. You are responsible for the successful quality career of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is one of my favorite comedians ever, and I have to thank you, Mr. Storm. What a great, what a great job. Um, producer here, Lenny Rips, also familiar at this point. Um, little description for this one is, Jesse uses Michelle as a chick magnet to land a gorgeous new co-worker of Danny's. So here we go. Starts off at a new location. So we're at a different set here, and this is actually the set of Channel 8 Action News. This is really cool to see Danny's job again. As I said in episode 12, um, I'm really loving the way that they are bringing up Danny's job more. Um, also, I didn't even mention this when I had talked about me loving how they're bringing Danny's job in more, was that there was actually an entire episode about it all the way back at episode seven, knock yourself out. That was, the whole thing was about Danny's job as a sportscaster. So we start off and we see this new woman looking from the distance at Danny and two other anchormen. Her name is Robin and Danny asks how her interview went. So apparently they, they, um, they say hello, they greet each other, they know each other somehow, and she's got an interview at Channel 8. So Danny mentions a man named Mr. Morton, whom um, I've never heard of before. 
Um, he could be like the president, the hirer, or some kind of a manager for the station. Um, we are never clear on who he is. Um, same thing with Mr. Benton from Sisterly Love. We just, these executives, we don't really know who they really are. But anyway, Robin goes on to say that she hasn't even met Mr. Morton yet. So I'm assuming here that she's not even had her interview either. So here's a little bit of a, a side note. Um, the question right now is, um, like I said, like Danny acts toward Robin as if he's known her forever, but she's never been seen before or even talked about before. So I wonder how they know each other. See, that's like the, the first big question here um, so far. So then this guy named Derek, who is some kind of stage manager for Channel 8, interrupts Danny and Robin to tell them that the Warriors had just made a trade. I actually did look this up to see if there was any evidence that this happened on January 15th, 1988, but there is, there is no evidence of this happening. The next, um, I looked up, the next actual NBA Warriors trade didn't even take place until 1990. So it was a few years later in which the Warriors did make a, a trade. But moving on here, Danny invites Robin over for dinner and insists she stay with them through the weekend. The Tanner Helton, he calls it. He says, anything for my old pal Robin. Hmm, that's just curious because this thing keeps just, they keep bringing it up how Danny and Robin know each other. But from where, from how, we don't know. So at 2 minutes 40 seconds, Jesse enters with Michelle on his shoulders. Another question here is why is he even there? Is he, is there like a, a medical emergency? No. So Jesse, of course, is mesmerized by Robin's beauty and comes up with a quick plan to use Michelle to get Robin to notice him. And it works. Robin notices Michelle and walks over. Jesse says to Michelle, you're better than a Ferrari, which oh, I hate that he uses Michelle like this, but it's Jesse. Are you surprised? No. So they start to talk and Robin comments on how cute Michelle is. Then Jesse proceeds to blow raspberries on her belly and encourages Robin to do it too. I thought this was kind of weird because Robin doesn't even know that Michelle is Danny's daughter. Um, why would she blow raspberries on, like, someone's stranger baby? I don't know, but she did, she did it. So, so at around 3 minutes 37 seconds, you can kind of tell that Robin starts to slightly kind of look at Jesse with eyes, is what I wrote, and says, it's a pleasure to meet you, Michelle. So she's not really talking to Jesse, but she is, but she's referring to Michelle instead of Jesse. You kind of got to watch the scene to get the full, the full kind of feel of what, what, how they're talking to each other. So, so she's kind of putting her attention solely on the baby. So she introduces herself and Jesse too. He says that his last name is Cochran. Still not Consopolis yet, but we will get there. We're still in season one, of course. So Jesse pretends to talk slash have a conversation with Michelle about the three of them getting together for an evening of dinner and dancing. Robin replies that she has to get settled in tonight, which 
Jesse has no idea where she's settling. And it's with Danny at his house where Jesse lives. So they don't know that this circle of, of uh, Danny and Robin knowing each other. <laughs> um, Jesse has just no clue that he knows her or she knows him. So Nip gets settled in tonight and then they can meet the next day at six. So I was just thinking this too. Here's like a third big question. So it's this point, she doesn't realize Jesse is Danny's brother-in-law, like I said, and Michelle, his daughter. So if they've known each other for so long, wouldn't Robin already know who Jesse and Michelle were? That's my question here because I don't, I don't get it. How does she not know Jesse and Michelle? Just saying, man. Anyway, Jesse tells Robin that Michelle thinks she has beautiful eyes and Robin responds with this. She says, I think Michelle has been hanging around too many singles bars. And that's kind of indicating that his comment about her eyes was like a dumb, cheesy pickup line that he's probably used a thousand times before, which no doubt he has since basically the first half of this entire season is him with all these different women. And I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't put it past Jesse for him to use Michelle as a chick magnet to get other women. This is not the first time he's done this. He knows how to work Michelle. So Danny is now going back on the air in 15 seconds, which is actually around six seconds. I think I counted. Wasn't actually 15. So Jesse tells Danny, I've got an audition and Joey's running the girls around town and hands Michelle off to Danny, who's about to do the sports segment on TV. Like he's sitting there with the two other guys about to do the sports. And so... My, this, this episode is just full of so many different questions. My next question is, so if Joey is running the girls around town, why didn't he just take Michelle with him? If he probably knew Jesse had an audition and couldn't watch Michelle. We're already like five minutes in and there are just so many unanswered questions. Ugh. So Danny must continue on with the segment, even though he's holding Michelle. He says Michelle is here to pick slash foretell tonight's NBA winners. Danny asks her who's going to win the Warriors or the Nuggets. And this was actually a real game that was played that very night, January 15th, 1988. Isn't that crazy? They really did that. And I'm like, what? So Danny says Michelle picks the Warriors as the winner and they will win by five points. But here's the thing. I looked this up because I was like, if she seriously foretold this game, I'm sure that the game was played after this episode had aired in the evening time, I'm guessing anyway, but the actual real life game winner was the Nuggets, and they won over the Warriors 21 points. It was a 94 to 115 score. So I think that was so interesting that they actually talked about a basketball game that was happening on that very night. So I think that's very creative. So now we have a scene change. Um, it's later that night at the house where we see Danny and Robin 
talking to DJ and stuff. They're like in the living room. And Robin actually tells DJ she knew her when she was Stephanie's size. Hmm. So back again to the question, how does Danny know Robin? Hmm. So, hmm. I'm going to skip ahead just a teeny bit because I have the answer and I figured it out. So how does Danny know Robin? Danny says, this was at 7 minutes, 34 seconds, so this is a little bit, is coming up. But Danny says that she was a news writer at his first station that he ever worked at. So that's really interesting. They've known each other for a very long time, probably since their 20s. Um, we, we all know that DJ was born um, when Danny was around 19 years old. So she's known Danny and DJ mostly for their lives. Okay, now back to this part here. Now we see Joey in the kitchen. He's pretending to cook an authentic Chinese meal, but it's actually, it's actually takeout from Uncle Wu's Chinese Palace. And you know what? I'm not even lying. I am not even lying. After I did all of my notes and all of my research this morning, I decided that I needed to go to the grocery store. And I, after I got all my groceries, I went to get Chinese food because watching this episode made me want Chinese food. So I got my own and watched more Full House while I ate it right before I started recording. So I am full of Chinese, okay? So, but, jo but Joey wants to keep it a secret, of course, but Stephanie walks in on the discovery. Joey goes on to explain how he's tired of getting a hard time because he's not the world's greatest cook. <gasps> Do you remember in, in, in episode 12, our very first uh, promo, when Joey cooks but no one knows what it is? So they, so they all decide that they're going to send out for pizza or Chinese. So they all choose pizza. So is this Joey giving them the second choice here of, of Chinese? I think it might be. I think because they picked pizza over Chinese, he's kind of doing the Chinese now and uh, making it look like he made it instead. So Stephanie will keep his secret for him. As she leaves, he's got to clean up all the takeout containers since he's trying to hide them. At seven minutes, three seconds, there's a knock at the door and a woman just walks in. She goes and walks right in the door there in the kitchen. She's like, hi, Joey. He responds with, hi, Jill. So who's Jill? Yet another unanswered question here. They seem to know each other, but how? Jill asks if Jesse is home yet. Joey asks if, there are, if they are dating again. She said they never really stopped. And so we have never seen her before, this, uh, this part, or, or even ever heard of Jill. So she goes on to explain that if they don't have a date with someone else, that they have a date with each other. So even when they don't have a date, they have a date. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but shame on Jesse too, because he was going to ask Robin out. And since she had said no, she had to settle in. He called Jill anyways, and Robin and Jesse have plans slash a date the next day. Like, what a player. My word, Jesse. Come on. Jill goes um, up the stairs, and she leaves the room. Then we see Jesse come home to see Robin in the living room. Danny goes on to introduce them. They shake hands, and Jesse asks, 
Are we going out tomorrow night? She replies, absolutely. DJ says, boy, does he work fast. Because they didn't know that Jesse and Robin had met already at the station. So Jess goes on, yep, to explain that they met at the station. So since Robin is staying with them in Jesse's room out of all rooms, Jesse has to stay with Joey. Jill comes down the stairs to say hi to Jesse. Jill asks if he forgot about their date. This was, this was right after Robin and Danny and the girls went into the kitchen. So Robin's not in the living room anymore when Jill comes down. So Jill asks, yep, if he forgot about their date. And well, he kind of did, but he didn't intend on seeing Robin in his house either. But I feel like even if Jesse like blew Jill off, she would be like totally okay with that considering she's the only one, you know, going out with Jesse when he doesn't already have a date. So if only he explained the whole thing to Jill, I have a feeling that she would have just left and been fine. Because she's Jill, and she's like just as a player as Jesse is too. But here Jill knows absolutely nothing about Robin, and Jesse for some reason doesn't want her to. So he tells Jill that they are leaving now until Joey says he cooked an authentic Chinese meal. Jill loves Chinese, as do I, as I explained, and walks into the kitchen to get some. Jesse is noticeably mad that Joey convinced Jill to stay. They chase each other into the kitchen and there's an ever so convenient empty chair for Jesse in between Robin and Jill. He introduces them and Robin says that they have already met. When? When did they meet? The microsecond? When, when, when she walked into the kitchen? Okay, probably. So Robin goes on to say that Jill said that her and Jess have a date tonight. Jill doesn't suspect anything going on between Robin and Jesse. And he deflects by bringing up Joey's food and how good it looks. Joey says, well, I guess this will be the last time we hear about Joey being a bad cook. But Danny can tell the difference and says the lo mein tastes like the lo mein from Uncle Wu's Chinese Palace. Stephanie chimes in and says, but it's much better because she's keeping the secret, you know. So Jill is still being persistent with Jesse on going on their date as Robin just sits there awkwardly. You know how mad I would be if I was in Robin's position? I'd be like, what in the world? She can't very well leave either because she was invited there by Danny, and it's not Danny's fault, and it's just her kind of sitting there awkwardly. Ugh. So Jesse ch still trying to change the subject and get Jill to shut up. Jill brings us that she met Jess in a Chinese restaurant. She goes on to explain that he came in to pick up an order with baby Michelle and she couldn't resist Michelle's cuteness, and once she blew bubbles on her belly, she was hooked. Robin starts to realize that she's been played by Jess with the help of the unknowing Michelle. Danny asks, are you using my baby to meet women? And we will find out if this is his true intention. I will be right back after these messages. Stay with me. 
Hello there and welcome back. So we are going to find out if Jesse's real intention is to use baby Michelle as a chick magnet to pick up women. So as we've talked about so far, that this is probably a very likely scenario. Jesse can get women on his own and has. Um, the first half of this season has been mainly about different women that Jesse has been with. We've got Roxana, we've got, you know, Vanessa from episode one, you've got Roxana, the rock star. Did I say, did I say that already? But I'm not really sure on who else at this moment in time, but he starts to sweat at this question. And DJ, being the actual gem that she is, says, if asks him if the food is too spicy for him and he's like no why she's like because you're sweating bullets and it's just like this pick ice pick in the conversation like it couldn't get any more awkward and dj's gotta just throw in you know the cog right there so she, <laughs> so we do kind of move on here and it's later that night robin and danny are in jesse's room going over her audition for the next day I guess she never got to meet Mr. Morton that earlier that day after all. Um, and the interview was rescheduled for the next day, it looks like. So Jesse enters, says he hopes he's not interrupting, but clearly he is. And this next scene was actually kind of like, I think, a little bit dragged out. Um, Jesse wants to talk to Robin alone, but Robin doesn't want Danny to leave the room. So they kind of like talk in between Danny and and it's just you know I don't know it's kind of awkward for Danny at this point Robin explains that they just met and Jesse shouldn't feel bad about having a date that night with uh, Jill so Jesse reiterates their plans of going out the next day but Robin is hesitant about all of it and doesn't really think it's a good idea anymore which that's smart of her to do and how and how she needs to be focusing on her career which is the entire point of her even being in this episode to begin with but after she breaks the date jesse acts hurt like how dare her break this date i worked so hard to get it like really jesse come on she goes on to say that after seeing jesse with jill she's gone out with jesse before the Jesse type of guy. Jesse doesn't think he's a type, but he's such a type, though. He has, like, if you say Uncle Jesse type, you know exactly what kind of guy that is. So he wants to hear what kind of type he is and tells Robin to type away, which means, she, she, you know, he wants her to tell him what kind of type he is. So Robin says that he is a guitar-playing, leather-wearing, Elvis-loving, motorcycle-riding, girl-chasing, blow-drying, baby-toting, tough-guy type. Wow. So, I was actually quite impressed with this character of Robin. After only knowing Jesse for not even a full entire day, she called him to a T. Like, who can do that? For real. That takes years and years of, 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 you know, studying a human being to find out how they are or what kind of type they are, I guess. 
but she called him in less than 24 hours. I'm just saying, she's got some kind of intelligence, but wow. So, Jesse goes on to say that he is other types too. Okay. He said he's a romantic, compassionate type. And Robin just buys into this. Like, he didn't just hurt her, though. Robin says that he probably hasn't had a solid relationship that lasted longer than three months. Jesse says that she is wrong and brings up a relationship he had with a girl named Sharon Edwards, and it lasted four months. This Sharon Edwards we know nothing about, never seen her, never heard of her, never, ever, ever None of it. Danny is still in the room and has to chime in to say that didn't Sharon spend two out of those four months in uh, Europe? So Jesse's defeated and finally kicks Danny out of the room. Robin says she's afraid of getting hurt again and guys like Jesse um, versus her personality would just never work out since they are completely different people. Which is Absolutely wise and correct of you to say, Miss Robin Winslow. So, Jesse wants to find some middle ground here just to get with her. He is such a player. He's still, like, playing her at this point. I'm, re- I'm reaching in deep here in this psychological breakdown of Jesse's mind right now because he's just like, oh, I'm the nice, loving, compassionate type and we need to find some middle ground here because I want to be your boyfriend and you're not going to da-da-da-da-da just to get with her. Oh. Also, where's Jill at? Did she just leave or or what because she just totally disappeared from the episodes after the chinese meal she was gone so i mean it's kind of something i would do i think come for the food and then leave so yeah i i I mean it doesn't say anything about jill and jesse going on a date i think jill just left honestly so we have had um so far within the first season we've had a good little break from all these kind of Jesse relationships the past few episodes, but now it's coming back and I'm, I'm just so tired of it. They revolve the subject of the episode on his relationships with women we have never heard of and never will hear from again. And like I said, like maybe at the beginning of my podcast series, I had talked about Jesse you know, meeting all these women, being with all these women, and it actually being on purpose, that it frustrates the viewer to the point where when Becky does come in, that you're just like, finally, it's over. He's found the one. He's done with all these other women. Like, it's just that type of build, that type of character development that doesn't take place, sorry to say, until I think season four or the end of season three. And ah, I understand that we have to get through these relationships to get to the climax of his relationship pie chart, I guess, where he's finally learning who he is and finally climbing the staircase to maturity. When it comes to Becky, he gets, he kind of changes a lot for her. Um, which is impressive, but right now here, uh, I just, I'm so sick of it. Ugh. So anyway, 
they go on to almost kiss. He says he's not going to take no for an answer. Like, who does he think he is? Who does he think he is saying that to her? I'm sorry, but that was just plain rude and mean. And if a guy said that to me, I would never see him again. I'm just saying. So Jesse goes on to say that he really, really likes her and how it's the worst breakup of his entire life and he hasn't even been out with her yet. Like, how could he be so utterly heartbroken over this woman he has literally known for not even a whole day? I cannot wait. Like I just said, I just cannot wait till he grows out of this stage in his life and starts to become smarter with his choices in freaking relationships. For real, Jesse. So at 15 minutes, 46 seconds, we have a scene change. It is the very next morning and we see everyone eating breakfast. Jesse has made French toast. Also note that he is wearing his exterminator uniform. Joey goes on to tell Jess he was singing Heartbreak Hotel in his sleep. And Danny says to him that he always rushes into everything and how it's much wiser to be friends first. Jesse says friends are what you're forced to become after you break up. Let me just stop right here for a minute. <clears throat> okay. Danny says to him that he always rushes into everything. and He's absolutely correct. And how it's much easier to be friends first. And he's absolutely correct. Why does Jesse never listen? Like, what is happening? What, why? Why is Jesse this way? The world may never know. But the fact that Jesse says friends are what you're forced to become after you break up. I'm sorry, but in my world, anytime you've broken, anytime I've broken up with somebody, I have never been friends with them. I don't know if that's the case for you. I don't know if that's the case for everybody else in the world, but you, you don't have to be friends after you break up. You don't. So Jesse, you're wrong. You're wrong about being friends, being forced to be friends. But he seems distracted after saying this at 16 minutes, 28 seconds. We are now in the girls room where Robin is doing her makeup and Stephanie and DJ are there watching her do it. DJ actually offers to help with the nails, her nails, and Stephanie offer, offers to help with Robin's hair. DJ suggests that when Robin gets the job, that she can come visit them all the time and date Uncle Jesse. But Robin isn't guaranteeing that she will date Uncle Jesse. And DJ makes this reference to the show Moonlighting. She says, DJ reminds Robin that on the show, David and Maddie didn't like each other at first, too. So Moonlighting was a show that was that aired around the same time as Full House, or aired from 1985 to 1989. So that's a cute little reference there that DJ makes. And so the girls try to convince Robin of how great Jesse is. Jesse enters and they greet each other. Jesse is going to take the girls to school in his bug mobile. That's what he says. Take you to school in my bug mobile. What? What bug mobile? As far as I knew, he didn't have a car, just a motorcycle. But anyways, Stephanie says she needs to grab her milk money out of the drawer where she accidentally slams her finger in the drawer. And if you watch this scene, um, you can tell that she purposely stuck her finger in there because of course it was part of the scene. Jody Sweden needed to do so. She didn't, she didn't accidentally 
um, slam her finger um, in the drawer. But she comes over to Jesse, and Jesse uses actually one of the cutest solutions for Stephanie's pain. And I actually was wondering if this tactic really works on kids. I don't have kids, but I do have nieces and nephews, just like Jesse here. And maybe I can try this one day if they get hurt. But he goes on to say that she's in luck because he went to finger college. And in order to treat her finger, he has to know what color the pain is. Tells her to close her eyes and put her finger on her nose. So she does, says, the pain is kind of green. And he asks, is there polka dots? She said, yeah, blue ones. And he asks, is there any stripes? No, no stripes. He said, good, because stripes are dangerous. And the solution is to open your eyes and take your finger off your nose. And the, and the pain magically goes away. And Stephanie is just peachy and ready to leave for school. So during this whole scene too, Robin is actually watching from the doorway. And the point of this scene was Robin to see how caring and loving Jesse is as an uncle to the girls and how we found a quick solution to Stephanie's finger problem. So at 18 minutes, 57 seconds, we have a scene change and we are back at Channel 8 set. Danny is holding Michelle again. Like how is no one else available to watch her again? Danny says that people were calling in, asking for Michelle to be a regular on the 4 o'clock sports segment. He goes over Michelle's previous prediction of her calling the NBA game by five points. Danny says they won the game 106-101 to to the Nuggets. But like I said earlier, the real game that premiered that very night was um, the Nuggets had won that game to the Warriors by 21 points. So... Michelle's prediction wasn't real-life accurate, but still a good try. They go off the air, and Jesse is there again, I guess, to pick up Michelle. He's still wearing his uniform, so maybe Danny just took Michelle with him to work on this day because of the calls. So at 19 minutes, 45 seconds, Robin enters a little set with a desk. She's going over her interview papers, and Jesse walks over to watch. Michelle starts to say hi to Robin, and Robin is obviously nervous about her interview and tells Jesse that if he didn't like it, to just be honest with her. This next scene here, though, is actually so nice of Jesse to do. He's trying to be encouraging and helpful, even though he's made Robin upset here in the past, and he, I feel, in this moment in time, wants to make it up to her. So Jessie walks over to her nicely and says that her delivery was boring and how she needs to show energy and to have fun with it and to not be afraid to be crazy. He gives Michelle over to Robin as he takes her notepad and gives an example of how to exert energy. He reads the lines, and I'm just going to read the lines that he read um, here in this um, scene here. But I do him no justice. John Stamos is... A gem and I can't give him justice at all but he goes hello San Francisco how the heck are you 
Jesse Cochran here for the channel Ocho News. Today's top story is wet and wild. Get this, there has been substantial rainfall in key northern watersheds. What does that mean? No more having to beg for water in restaurants. Take longer showers, wash your car every day, and hey, yank that brick out of the toilet, huh? San Francisco, the good life is back. We've got water coming out our ears. Municipal and industrial users in Northern California, have mercy. Jesse stops and tells Robin that she's gonna laugh and smile and we hear a voice guys we hear a voice saying that they need to beef up the security in there and that Robin is on that voice is none other than can you guess can you guess whose voice it is Brian Kale everybody Brian Kale I told you I would be on the lookout for Brian Kale who played the reporter in episode seven, knock yourself out, knock yourself out. He was in that episode and his voice is used a bunch of times in Full House. And this is another instance of that. So Jesse does a little intro for Robin and she thanks him, who, whoever he was. She starts her audition and then it fades away and into the night where we see everyone cheersing with Robin congratulating her on getting the reporting job. Robin now said that she wants to have a word alone with Jesse. So they get so they go outside out back. So Robin just wanted to thank Jesse for his help and how she was wrong about Jesse. She thinks she was wrong about Jesse, but she wasn't. She was going to be wise and not go out with him and avoid him cuz she needs to focus on her career, but how can she say that she was wrong about Jesse because he like manipulated her into thinking that she was wrong about him even though she really wasn't I'm getting I'm getting weak I'm getting weak over this but what she likes most about Jesse is his strong maternal instincts oh my word okay the next thing that comes out of Jesse's mouth is ridiculous he says, listen, Robin, I'm not the type of guy that just rushes into relationships. Oh, my word, but he totally is. What so suddenly happened that changed this about him? I mean, what? It's been a day and you've, and you've suddenly turned a leaf on your life and you're not a player anymore. He says that he wants to become friends with Robin and she will have to make the first move if she wants to go beyond friendship. The end. That's it, everybody. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. They don't kiss. They don't go on a date. They don't do anything other than friendly stuff and they hang out and that's it. And you know what? Out of all the episodes that I've done, this is what? Episode 14. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I'm glad this is early on because it would really frustrate me if this was like in the, at the end of the season. But honestly, um, my, my impression of this one is so far, um, other than Jesse's girl, episode eight, Jesse's girl, this one comes in a close second as being one of the most forgetful episodes of the season. The, this is one alongside Jesse's girl that I don't 
remember much of and it's it's not very meaningful um we have just the ones off the top miracle of thanksgiving remember that episode one remember that sisterly love because it's one of my favorites remember that but this one and jesse's girl they just don't they just don't uh, they're not memorable to me they're kind of more or less filler episodes I believe and I just kind of look at it like can we please can we please guys directors producers of Full House move on from this I'm so over it but anyway that was the episode lots of unanswered questions there and right now I want to go through some of our guest stars and you know what's actually quite interesting about this episode is we have four guest stars. Four. I'm like, holy baloney. Four guest stars. Holy crap. So who do we have? Our first guest star, Miss Christian Alfonso, who plays Robin Winslow. So she, this was actually very interesting. Um, she was in Days of Our Lives and she played a character called Hope Brady. Hope Brady, I want you to think about this for a moment because she played Hope Brady, her Days of Our Lives character, in season six, episode 15 of Friends. And then she played the same character, Hope Brady, again in season four, episode seven of 30 Rock. Is this character Hope Brady like a like an eternal soul or something? I thought that was crazy how they just hopped this character to three different shows. It's pretty crazy to me. She was in a couple of soap movies and what's really cool, um, she was in a movie called Army of One slash original title of the name Joshua Tree alongside Dolph Lundgren. You remember him, guys? He was in The Expendables with Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, years and years later. Wow. I thought that was crazy. She was like a cop that gets kidnapped or something. I watched the commercial for it. But anyway, here's another really interesting piece of, um, of trivia about Christian Alfonso. She actually won a gold medal in the Junior Olympic Figure Skating Championship at the age of 13. Can you imagine winning a gold medal at a Junior Olympic championship at 13 years old? I thought that was crazy. I'm like, no way. She did. She so did. Congratulations to you. That's amazing. So our next guest star is Miss Darcy DeMoss, who played Jill. So we have Jill, or Darcy DeMoss, rather. She was in, um, her latest project was from last year 2020 a movie called clown fear which i didn't i did not research into she was in one episode of mad about you and she was also in one episode of days of our lives wonder if that's how she met christian alfonso huh interesting she was also in friday the 13th part 6 jason lives as the character nikki this is the only Full House episode she is in along with uh, this Robin Winslow character as well. So our third guest star, his name is Joshua Cadman. He played Derek. 
So the stage manager, Derek. So the last project he did was in 92 called Cuffs. He was in one episode of Quantum Leap, Perfect Strangers, Happy Days, and Laverne and Shirley and a bunch of other ones. But this one, this is the only Full House episode that he is in as well. Next guest star is Mark Costello. So he was the anchor man that was sitting next to Danny um, during those scenes at the Channel 8 set. He also appeared in Days of Our Lives. So that's crazy. These three actors have all been in Days of Our Lives. <laughs> he was also in MacGyver and Malibu Shores. He was in six episodes of General Hospital and was in a 2020 film called Permanence. So that's our guest stars for today. And I think that's it. Yeah, pretty sure that is it. Um, so that's it, guys, for season one, episode uh, 14, Half a Love Story. So I'm actually excited that this one's over because... Because you want to know why? You want to know why? You want to know why? 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 Because the very next episode, episode 15 called A Pox in Our House. I, I am more excited to do A Pox in Our House than I ever was with Sisterly Love. Because A Pox in Our House is actually my favorite Full House episode. My number one favorite. And that's what I was watching while I was eating my Chinese food. So, I am going to, oh, I am so excited to do it. I'm sad that it's coming up and it's, it's going to be over before I know it. But, it's, it's going to be great. I'm so, so psyched to do a pox in our house. And I just have so much to say about it. And guys, I just really appreciate you guys tuning in today for the What's This Full House Edition podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Amy. And guys, if you happen to have any questions, comments, cool trivia, cool stuff that you want me to talk about, Full House related, please shoot me an email at, what's my email? Oh, fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. That's fullhousepodcast at, fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. Cheesh. Okay. Also, I have an Instagram, What's This Full House, and my Facebook page, What's This Full House Edition Podcast. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you can follow me on social media. You can email me questions, comments, trivia, blah, 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 whatever you want. If you want to be featured on an episode, shoot me a question. I'll do a Q&A at the end. How about that? Why don't I do that? I think that'd be cool. So if you shoot me an email, have a question about Full House related things, I will definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shout out. How about that? How about them apples? Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in to the What's This Full House edition podcast. And I will see you next time. The Full House edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.